Welcome again, everyone, to the Two Toms Talk and Travel podcast. We are the official travel experts here in Podcast Town. And if you don't believe us, just ask the mayor. Ready to get down to business and talk some travel, Tom? And let's do it. Okay, everybody, welcome back. This is episode three or part three of our Island Vibes that uh, is sponsored by Charisma Resorts. So we are very happy to be back. Can I tell you it, something? I'm buddy, jumping Mr. in Cons. right away. Yeah, jumping in right away. Jump on it. I missed you. I missed you too. I missed though. you. We have been virtually too Tom in it for a couple months yeah, now. Yeah, we have. It's so nice to have your hand yeah. back on my leg as we do this. <laughs> and, uh, well, we it's not that we don't spend a lot of time together. Like, you know, like Tom said, we definitely uh, enjoy being back here in the studio. But, yeah, we've been doing some traveling. Uh, we had a little breakfast this morning, a couple of Bloody Marys, start the day on the Thursday. We did not. Come on. Oh, we know drunk oh, no. podcasting doesn't work. <laughs> that we tried doesn't. that the first 16 episodes. Yeah, so um, we are back. I think this Island Vibes thing has been going pretty good. We started with Marilyn Cairo from Charisma. We had Christopher Dobson. Yeah, man. Sending the love from Jamaica. What do we got today? Today, we got, today we're bringing something totally different, totally unique. And I would, I would guess, or I would bet that a lot of our listeners today um, have very little knowledge or not don't know very much at all about um, the island we're going to talk about. I'm going to go out on a limb guys. and say, uh, not only do the listeners, but the two guys <laughs> talking have very little knowledge yeah. of it so, as well. So, so today, we're like, I, like we talked about, we want to bring our listeners, you know, new, unique, fun stuff. So we have Chandra Smouse from the island of Curacao. What's her job title? Uh, she is the industry liaison for North America. I love that. And I know you at your event down in Kenosha had a presentation that she provided, but I think she's going to bring. Actually, she didn't. She did a training for my staff. Oh, it was a training, right? She didn't. Okay, she was not lucky enough to make it to Kenosha. Oh, there you go. Uh, so she's going to bring us some great insights and some great knowledge about maybe a Caribbean destination, an island vibe that maybe you haven't thought about. Right? You don't know much about it. You don't know how to get there. You don't know what's going to happen when you get there. And, um, oh my God, wouldn't that, that's, yeah. that's what travel's all about. Yeah, you don't so, know what's yeah. going to happen. It'd be so cool. There. So we're looking forward to having her. She'll be with us here in just a couple minutes and that'll be awesome. But before we get uh, to that, as always, we want to do kind of some updates and kind of talk about kind of the state of the, of the travel union, so to speak. And there's we'd always also a little, happening. we'd also be a little remiss if we didn't mention a, a great group of individuals who truly believe in the two times talk and travel project is our sponsor. Yeah. Charisma resort. They definitely stepped up for us. And if you are, if you have liked our Facebook page, I hope you have, if you haven't, please go to the, just search for two times talk and travel on Facebook and like us, but they've had some great deals and some great promos we've been posting. Absolutely. Go and, learn a little bit about the product. Cause it is a great yeah, brand. And um, yeah, they definitely bring a very diverse a product with their adults only Eldorado resorts that we that we know and love. Kind of the new baby, as they call it, the Margaritaville Island Reserve in Punta Cana that we, or in Cap Cana that we talked about, the Azul Resorts. You know, they bring that gourmet inclusive experience for our clients. So uh, we want to say thanks, as always, to them. Can I just throw something in on that? If yes. you're going to travel down there, though, don't be a jerk on the... Yeah. You know, as we're talking about what's going on in the news in the world. Yeah, was, we talked about it at Come breakfast. Come on, man. Seriously. So, so, so I was listening to a news report this morning on the way in. And so, so far this year, there has been 5,600 reported incidents of in-flight. Stupidity? Stupid, in-flight stupidity compared to 200 
last year. All right. Now we know last year was COVID, so but there was still. a lot less. So let's right. let's make that three times as many for 2019, yeah. which would be 600. Yeah. Or, so you know let's what I mean? just chill it out. Yeah, you got to wear the mask. I hate it. You hate it. We all hate it. But that's the rules. Can that's, I just, that's how also, it works. It's not. You know what? Anybody gets on a plane that's privately owned or that has a rule, the mask is required. It's not your right not right. to wear a mask. Right. You don't that's like that airlines because their rules? Get off. Don't get on. Don't right. buy a ticket. And it's I, like going into McDonald's and screaming at somebody because you can't get a Whopper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, you know, and everybody, you know, I understand that people have anxiety when they travel or, you know, there's, there's some, you know, situations that come up that you know, cause people to be agitated, but Hey, you know what? You got to wear the mask, take it easy on the flight attendants, take it easy on the flight crews, the gate agents, because nobody as a traveler, I don't want to see that. I don't want to experience that. I just want to be on my flight and it's tough and enough to fly. I know it, it really just, is tough I just want to fly. get from A to B, whatever it takes to do it. So just let's chill out people, you know, it's, um, you know, what's funny really is not. we have both traveled a lot in the last couple months and, you know, you got to fly with the mask. I hate the mask. Yeah. I kind of got a five o'clock shadow every day of my life. Yeah. So stuff is always stuck to my face or scratching Two it. o'clock shadow. Right. Yeah. All the, yeah. So it's one of those things where you used to get on a plane and go to the bathroom and that was kind of like relief. Now when I get on a plane and go to the bathroom, go to a little relief, I got to pull that mask off. I got I to scratch my whole face, but I got to do that right. inside the bathroom. Like, but that's right. the policy. That's exactly. the rules, man. And so anyway, so, so we just want to touch on that. It's just one of those things as a, you know, like a personal courtesy and just all of us humans getting along. Um, we're going to get through this. And one of these days you're going to be able to get on a, on a plane or go to the airport without a mask on. It ain't tomorrow. It's not next week. Um, so just adjust your mindset it might help too. If you don't have tons of cocktails before you get on the plane or, you know, the airlines have really scaled back on the alcohol uh, yeah, you service. Have, you would have to ask somebody else. I don't, you know, you can't yeah. di dictate what type of drunk you are. You got to ask somebody, am I a happy drunk or am right. I a aggressive drunk? And if they say an aggressive drunk, do not go anywhere near the bar. on yeah, the way Well, on what flight. people don't realize too, is that once you get airborne, the oxygen level in the is lower than when you're on the ground. Uh, which changes the way that your body is processing alcohol. Well and so, played, my friend. I, yeah. I'm impressed. So, so that, um, I, I know stuff. I don't you know do. why. And I don't know how I just I don't let it. you talk. Yeah. I ain't got to shut up. Yeah, man. I don't know, like... You know, I, I'm not sure where this where this information comes from, but it's I, it's in there, it's banging around, and then every now and then it'll just come out. So yes, yeah, so just it'll be just just be nice. That's all we got to say, right? Be nice, people. What else is happening in the world of travel time? Um, passports. What? Yeah, we've next been talking year. about passports. I got passport anxiety because mine is up in September of next year, and my concern was that if I got to, if I have to renew my passport and I have to give my passport up and mail it in, guess what? I'm grounded. I can't go on trips with uh, Tom and Monica Carnes. You're not a go, flight risk anymore. I can't go to Charisma Resorts. I can't do my thing like I like doing because we've been on lots of trips, and I plan to continue that. So guess what? What? We're moving towards, and we don't, it's not, it's not eminent, but it's, we're Spring working on it. But, but basically what's happening is that, uh, an order was signed and the, our, our U S government passport services are going to be developing an online passport renewal process that will allow us to speed it up, lower mm -hmm. the cost, eliminate having to give up your passport 
And I think this is a really, really good development for travelers. Um, getting a passport, it's a hassle. It's expensive. You got to mail it in. You got to do all this stuff. And I think um, they what's can gonna still- happen to all. What's going to happen to all those jovial post office people that do this all day? <laughs> exactly. what are, what's going? What are they going to do? They're going to just. Know. I don't oh, know. No. Yeah. What so, is going to uh, happen? So just be aware of that. More information to come. But in terms of what's new and that's going to kind of impact things, because the passport thing has been a point, a pain point, you know, probably for the last year, we've talked about it many times where, you know, the turnaround time I've had clients that have, you know, ordered passports and like three days before their trip, they still don't have it. And everyone's panicking. And if you don't have a passport, you got two choices. You either have to go to a passport office within 72 hours of your trip and have day of passport issuance, which is not feasible for a huge percentage of people because they don't live too far away. If you're in Chicago, great, you're covered. Um, and some other metro areas that have passport offices. Um, or you got to cancel your trip. So None of those want, are any fun. We, we don't want None that. of those. So, right, so FYI on that, just a little uh, little update from two times on what's happening in the world. Well, you know what? I think we should get this island vibe thing I think we should. up again. And, and speaking of passports and um, traveling and, and whatnot. You, you need a passport for this destination you we're do. talking about. I think, we, I think we did a really great introduction. Um, at, you did a great introduction at the beginning of, you know, kind of teasing people what we're gonna, who we're going to be talking about and where, what destination we're going to talk about. So why don't you give a little bit more insight? What, what, what do we got happening here on the Island Vibe? Yeah, so our guest today is, um, is like we said, really something new, unique, and awesome. Um, from the island of Curacao, we would like to welcome Chandra Smouse. Who is flying this plane? We'll be experiencing some turbulence. Well, we are really excited for our next guest uh, on the show today. I want to introduce everybody to Chandra Smouse, who is international liaison for North America for the island of Curacao. Now, did I say wow, it correctly? You, you made that sound really, really good. Did yeah. I? Okay, well, that's that great. Was a good, so, that was a professional Chandra, intro. welcome to the show, and thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. We are we are probably, the two Toms are both mutually excited to learn about Curacao. Uh, as embarrassing as it is, the 60 years combined in the travel industry that the two of us have, we've never been. So welcome. Yes, thank you. Bon dia, which means good morning. And bon bini means bon welcome. So, That's fantastic. Um, today, it's going to be a fun opportunity to tell people about my island where I was born, happened to marry an American and ended up in the USA. How but, often do you get back to Curacao? Well, right now, not much. It, you, it would have been three, four, five times a year. Right. But right now, I'm staying, doing my thing, staying home. I'm and doing my talking. thing. Yeah. And uh, and talking about Curacao, uh, where it is an island that has always been there, but not discovered and not as well known. And I have to tell you something. I'm so glad that although you haven't been there yet, you pronounce it properly. Hey, what do you know? What are, well, some, of the, what are some of the ways you've heard people announce it or say it? Everything. Curaco, Curacho. Curacoa. Hey, it's not like that. Can I tell you something about that island, the Please. name? Sure. It's a 
Portuguese word. And it's only in the Portuguese language and in the French language that I know of that you get the cedilla. It's called the cedilla. It's that hook, that comma that is put under the C. And it denotes that that C then becomes an S. So it is Curaçao. Curacao. Hey, we're pretty nice. good. See, we got is, it right from the we are, start. We are educating people today. No, I love it. Not well, only about right. how to say it, but yeah. how to spell it properly yeah. too. Well, now you're right. You make, you know, for our listeners out there, and even for us, we're travel industry veterans. You know, we like to believe, and I, I don't know much about it. I, I don't have a lot of Curacao experience, knowledge. So today we're going to get some of that, aren't we? Let's start a little. Let's start simple. We, let's start geography. Where the hell are you located? That's a good question. Exactly. In the Dutch Caribbean. So what is the Dutch Caribbean? Is that part, that most southern part of the Caribbean, that is Dutch. The Dutch, we are in the hands of the Dutch since 1654. Can you believe that? Wow. But we were discovered by the Spaniards. I'll get back to with that. So we are only 35 miles north of South America. 35 miles? That's it? 35 miles. On a crystal clear day, if you are on the west side of the island and there are not too many clouds, you can see the coast of Venezuela. And it all depends with, you know, what's happening in that part of the world. When Maduro wakes up in the morning, he thinks we belong to him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I love, that's that's too close, maybe. Right. That's too close. And then we have to remind, uh, you know, them that we do have the Dutch on the island that takes care of our surrounding waters. So they better watch out. There you go. So And just for you to have, a, a you know, a, a, a clue. It sounds so far away, but from Miami to Curacao, it's just two and a half hours. Oh, wow. no kidding. And, That's, then, and well, Chandra, how far from Aruba? 20 minutes by plane. There you go. No That's kidding. a good point you know of what? reference, as, right? As a travel agent, one of the things I know we never really have done very well um, is multi-stop South Caribbean vacations. I mean, so many people are just like, I want to go to Aruba for a week. I want to go to Barbados for wherever. It's always a week. But you know what? It seems like the lift, and I, I say this maybe pre-COVID and coming out of it, but it seems like the inner island lift has gotten a little bit more, um, I'd say a little bit more available. So people should really contemplate some of these deep yeah. Caribbean hey, uh, two-stops. They stops. definitely do. The thing is, we tried several times to get, you know, to have ferries move from one island to the other island. Oh, as a matter of fact, you know, we are referred to as the ABC Islands, huh? A for Isn't Aruba. Is that a Michael Jackson song? No. <laughs> a for Aruba, B for Bonaire, remember, not much, and C for Curacao. But today, we only are going to talk about the C because there's more to see and hear than just the sea. I like it. You did that's, you just did you awesome. just spiff that right now, or have you used that line before? I still know and then uh, use there it. You go. I'll get your attention. <laughs> okay. Girl. All right. So now we know where it's located, right? Right. And one and again, I got a question based on where it's located. Who are who who makes up the majority of visitors to the island of Curacao? 
who who are your who are the main um, vacationers? Now let me tell you a little about the locals, and then we get to the visitors. The island has over fifty-five different nationalities. We were United Nations before United Nations was put together, and it is because at one point we used to have the third largest oil refinery in the world with 45,000 people working in the refinery. But the island itself did not uh, have that number of people. So they sent out the Shell oil refinery, sent out bulletins, whoever wanted to come, uh, work for the refinery could come. And that's how we got all these different nationalities on the island. Some left at one point and some stayed. So the island is a multilingual, multinational, because we are Dutch. We carry a Dutch passport, a European Dutch passport. We get in the plane and hop and go like nothing. If you want to get off the island, there's no other way than by boat or by plane. But besides that, um, over the years, of course, like I mentioned, be, you know, people left, but people stayed on the island. Now, to answer your question about who comes to Curacao, right now, it has been mostly Europeans. It's a European island. You can feel when you are in Curacao that you are somewhere different. That, to start with, it's Dutch and Papiamento are the main languages, but Spanish and English are taught in school. And now what we're trying to do is to, because of all the brand names, hotels that we have now on the island, um, we are getting more and more Americans coming to Curacao. Americans that are looking for a different experience somewhere that they haven't been, somewhere that is not all inclusive, somewhere where you get the feel that you have been somewhere, that you can speak with the locals, that you can eat in the same restaurant that the locals go. And that is what makes us unique and still authentic. Yeah. And I think you hit on a, a really important part that you know we focus on and a lot of our, a lot of travelers really are interested in that is like the local cuisine and the local food. Chandra, what kind of, what, what type of interesting um, culinary uh, experiences can people have in Curacao? Okay. If you go to Curacao and even if you happen to be in an all inclusive resort, get out <laughs> because what happens is you are stuck because you've paid for it. Your three meals, all your drinks, and you leave and you haven't seen anything of But the you got island. to eat Asian, Italian steak and international food all week. Everything. Everything. Everything we have there on the island. Remember, it's an island and an island surrounded by water. We are where we are located. We are located also, which is a very good selling point. We are located in the outer fringes of the hurricanes. So hurricanes bypasses. We do feel it, I'll tell you, because it gets hot. The wind is sucked away, you know, when you have hurricanes, 
So our own win to keep the island nice and cool, it's not there and everybody's walking around. It's too hot. It's too hot right now, you know. But besides that, it is a quaint island. Um, what we eat, anything <laughs> we eat, we are very creative. There are hungry people down there, Tom. They're hungry people. We are very creative. You can see the influence of the Dutch, the influence of the local people even. There is a place in town called Marché Bio, which means the old market. The suppliers, the vendors, arrive around five o'clock in the morning. They do not cook the food on stoves that are electric, you know, or gas stoves. They cook the food just like in the olden days. These are open fires, big pots, you know, and there is where you can get yourself an authentic oh, meal. delicious. Because when you have mashed potatoes, it doesn't come from in the bag, you know, where you sprinkle in the milk, you know. No, they do it the right way, how they used to do it. And for $10, $12, they can get you a meal that by the time you finish, they have to roll you out of there. Man. It's nothing fancy. It's a picnic table. Remember the picnic plastic tablecloth, the checker, red and white? That's what you get. You sit at the table. Your neighbor will be a Curacaoan. You know, he can be a doctor. He can be a lawyer. You know, he can be the same person that is in working in a store. Just, you know, a normal local person. Before you know, they'll start, they'll start telling you that they have been to Miami. And if you know all the names of the Curacaoan boys that play in the major leagues of baseball, because we have a few of them, you know, and you start the conversation. You know, that is, you know, we've been saying that here on the show and Tom sees it in his off in his business as well as we do is that that authentic experience is truly what's been generating the most interest for travel coming out of COVID is, is people want to immerse themselves. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have, sit in on a presentation you did previously. And I do remember by the time I, we were done with it, I was like, man, I need to get to Curacao. And, you know, you, you didn't use the, the picnic table and the open fire reference, but now it, it, it burns even more that I need to. But when you talk about <clears throat> authentic experiences and being able to sit with the locals, it's great because I think Americans are finally to the point or they're getting to the point where they can have a conversation with somebody uh, from a different country. Because for years, it was just get me in my hotel, leave me there, I want to be left alone. And I'll eat my Italian food in Curacao, I'll eat the Asian food in Mexico at the all-inclusive hotel. But they miss out on so much, and I'm really kind of excited about the way travel is, is, is moving towards that experiential component, Tom. What do you think? Yeah. No, absolutely. And and that's what life is all about, right? You get a chance to get out and you get a chance to meet other people, better understand the culture, um, have some immersion in like local cuisine, like you mentioned, or um, some of the local tours and activities. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's great sitting in a beach chair. It's great being at a swim bar. I, I enjoy doing that. But at the same time, you know, getting out and seeing the world and especially going to an island like Curacao, you have that opportunity to really experience something that you've never, ever done before. It is different. You know, a lot of our clients, you know, they've been to 
you know, the, the primary destinations, so to speak, or the popular destinations. But and, they- and, and I just want to jump in at what I learned from Chandra the first, uh, on her first presentation is that I know we're making it sound very authentic and very unique, but there are still some all-inclusive resorts that uh, if you if you are an all inclusive, and again, we're not trying to bash anybody. It's a great experience. God knows I've stayed enough. But if you are an all inclusive person, they do offer some of the mainstream properties in Curacao that um, offer that all inclusive experience. But yet, yeah, just like Chandra said, it's safe and easy to get out of those resorts to experience the island. Right? Indeed, that is what Curacao is all about. Even if you're staying in an all inclusive. Get out, rent a car for a day or two, go explore yourself, get to feel what an island is like. We do want new developments, we want to grow, but at the same time, we want to keep our characteristics and we want to keep our culture. And let you have mentioned just now about beaches, and then immediately I thought of water. I want you to know that. It does not rain very much in Curacao, only between 12 and 22 inches per year. It is a dry island. We have so many different cacti. You know, there are a few of them that we make soup out of them. We are creative, believe me. Our drinking water is desalinated seawater. It's the freshest, purest drinking water that you can think of. It is our drinking water is tasteless and odorless. Not only is the water in Curacao safe to drink, it is of the highest quality. So you don't have to go out and keep buying bottles of water. You might oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing one. that. Yeah, so really you that's... might want to buy one and then just open your faucet, you know, fill it up and you you have drinking water, delicious drinking water. You guys have been way ahead of the sustainability uh, movement for a long time is what it sounds like. And then about our beaches, believe me, if you are looking for a stretch beach, you know, like other sister islands have, you know, and even the A Island, you know what I mean with the A Island, right? <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm going to say. It's almost like a swear word, I feel, right? <laughs> I feel kind of dirty when you say it that way. So we don't have it. We won't have it because that is how this was created. But I have 35 beaches. If you did even for seven days, you are not going to discover all of them. There are great beaches. Because it doesn't rain very much also, you don't have polluted water running to the ocean. So wherever you go, you go in. You look down, you can count your 10 toes. And that to us is crystal clear water. That's fantastic. We, we and the that. diving, I do not know if you dive, but oh, even yes. if you're not diving, snorkeling is fantastic. You know, I mean, you just put your fins and your snorkels on and you go, you know, and, and you don't have to go very far to find a beach. There are the nicest beaches are on the western side of the island, but that part of the island is more rustic. You know, you are in the boonies, what I yeah. was saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that those dive experiences and the and the ability to do snorkeling in that crystal blue water, I know a lot of my clients, that's one of their, you know, the crystal blue water is one of their main criterias. Um, so speaking of blue water, um, uh, our listeners might know this, but Tom and I have been known to have a cocktail. 
um, or two. from time to time. Hell, we had um, two for breakfast. <laughs> yes, we did. I think we're and drunk right now. <laughs> one of the things that Curacao is famous for is the blue liqueur, right? Um, that's, you know, that's one of, you know, when a point of reference maybe for us or for our listeners. I mean, that's maybe what they think of. So tell us how that, that um, came about. how that works. Yeah. Okay. How did that come about? The Spaniards who discovered this was, is really the ones that today we have the blue Curacao. So they were going around the world, you know, and what they were looking was for bling, bling, gold and silver. They arrived in Curacao, dry island, and they were there for 400 years, you know, trying to still. It's a long time without a drink. <laughs> it is. You're really thirsty. <laughs> trying, trying to find what they were looking for. But while oh, the years that they were there, they were missing their, or their oranges, the Valencia oranges. So they import them. So at one point we had lots of groves of oranges, but because they didn't get enough water and the weather was not conducive like in Spain, this particular orange changed to be something that they couldn't eat. They hated the island. It was bitter, that beautiful color, the skin, the peel that was orange turned into something that's brown. Eventually, they packed up and left us. They called us useless islands, islas inutiles, and they went. So we had many orange groves right there. And what happened is that nobody to do with them because they were you couldn't eat you couldn't eat the orange. But eventually, somebody who was very smart and creative decided that you could do something with it. So from the skin, the peel of the orange, they extract an oil. And with very guarded family secrets, you know, and blends, they came up with this concoction that was all alcohol. And that became the Curacao liqueur. The most famous one is the blue color because it's strange. For the longest time, nobody would touch something that was blue. But then you can also have it in different color, in yellow, in green, you know. And it makes fantastic cocktails, let me tell you. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Have you ever seen anybody throw up blue curacao? Because I'm imagining <laughs> that would just be like a color I don't want yeah, to see or even think there, about, man. No. <laughs> All right. Just sorry. Yeah, I didn't like mean to, I didn't I didn't mean yeah. to digress there, but oh, no, you know what? And what's so great, Chandra, is the explanation of that. I mean, yeah, the, his, no, the history, I was, the history yeah. of it is what, you know, is, is just so much of part of the travel and the trip yeah. and the destination. And we're, 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 as we wrap it up here, we're, we we're very thankful that you were able to bring that insight and the history and yeah. the, really the depth of what the island means. And uh, I know from our standpoint, where I'm very excited to go myself, start recommending clients to come down there. I, I know it's safe. I know it's reasonably... Pr I do have one question for you before um, we go is, you talked about how it was uh, you had the refineries on the island and that you were um, producing fuel uh, there. Is that still a business? Is that still in place? Nothing to compare with what it used to be. Eventually, 
it, it is a little of an eyesore for the island and uh, uh, of course for the ecology and things like that and the system that they used to do of course um, the smoke and also uh, the government is looking and it's going on for a while now to do something better than that than that. the pollution that has also has been created on the island because of an, having an oil refinery. And remember, we don't have the oil. It comes from Venezuela because of the sand banks that they have. The big tankers were not able to go to get the amount of oil that they would have. So it was brought to Curacao. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you explained that because yeah. that that not how I was thinking of it, but right. that makes absolute mm-hmm. sense now. Yeah. Interesting. So before we go... Um, any last things you wanna you wanna that we missed on our conversation today? Yes, are you aware that we are part of the World Heritage List of UNESCO? And many people don't even know what UNESCO stands for. It stands for United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization. What it does is that it, uh, this organization goes around the world identify sites and monuments to be preserved for future generations. If not, they will disappear. With all the wars that are going on, you know, many have already disappeared. When Remember the time when we didn't even know what the Taliban was, when they destroyed those beautiful, you know, a stone carving in the, right. in the hills. So... Curacao, uh, because of the city that um, came to be, uh, you know, by the Dutch, when the Dutch got their hands on Curacao and and just Curacao was important for them because of the salt they need. See, history is wrong on this little, it's amazing. So the, um, we did not bulldoze the buildings that were built from the 17th century on to make place for beautiful buildings. And it took us 10 years to be put on that list. On that list, you have the Machu Picchu, the Great Wall of China, sure, the Acropolis, sure. you know. So we are so proud to be on that list that we like to share it with other people. Yes, you should and be. And next no, year absolutely. we are celebrating 25 years being on the World Heritage List of UNESCO. Because once they nominate you, it doesn't mean that if you do not abide by the protocols, you are taken off. Sure. Right. Well, good for you. That's, That's congr- yeah, that, that is, is a congratulations. Good yeah. I appreciate that. Well, well uh, Chandra, I just want to say thank you so much. I I've learned so much about uh, the island of Curacao and all the great history and all the great things that Curacao has to offer. And like Tom said, uh, I would love the opportunity to visit and and uh, honestly too for our for our clients and those that are looking for a well, Caribbean island experience. Let me know where experience. you're going. Yeah. We would, absolutely will. We'd love so. to share. So we just want to say thank you so much. Yes, and thanks for joining us on our third episode and being part of our Island Vibes. We only had, we only are doing four episodes based on Island Vibes and your episode number three. So you are among an elite group of individuals for the Two Toms yeah, Talk and Travel Show. You. Yeah, thank you so much, Chandra. Come feel it for yourself. Thank you, Chandra. Right. Have a great day.
Yes. Oh, man. Wasn't that great? Chandra, you know what? Um, her slight accent was just enough to kind of keep you intrigued. And, yes. But, but the whole history and the whole depth and all that. Right. We got a lot so of So many back, details. Right. Got a lot of backstory. I, here's what I'm, I'm being honest. I didn't know any of that. That's, that's what I mean, we do. I knew what Blue Curacao was. I know, you know. Used to how be, did it end up in Hawaii? I used to that's be all a, I wanted I know, to know. I used to be a bartender, so I, you know, I knew how to make a blue Hawaiian. Right. And, you know, the, the blue curacao was what you put in there. Um, but all the, all the rest of that, everything that she explained about curacao and the history and. Um, 55 nationalities. You know, the original the, UN. Yeah, I all love that. that line. And the oil refineries and all the, you know, how that all fits together down there way in the south, in the southern Caribbean uh, with the ABC. Um Islands. That was so good to know. I yeah, feel there's like my, a lot. I feel like that as an as a professional um, travel advisor, I think that really helped me um, because, b- being honest, I, it's not something that I've I taken into consideration um, very very often, if really if ever. So I think that that's going to change, and hopefully for our listeners, you know, you know, puts it a little bit Check up the out. list and to say, hey, you know what, is this is this a place where I I think I'd like to vacation. You know what? And we'll on the Facebook page, we're going to put some links to some information. We'll get a photo of Chandra up there and maybe some other photos, maybe some deals and offers. But uh, check our Facebook page out in the next week or so, and you'll see some things there uh, pertaining to uh, Curacao. Uh, the Sea Island. Boy, did she not love the A? I get the feeling I know, yeah, she was not digging It seems the like a, it's man. a little competitive. Yeah, now, right? all right. Forget yeah, the I, a. I get that, right? Good. She loves yeah. her island, and that's that's fantastic. So, yeah. again, uh, Chandra, thank you for joining the team. Yeah. But I'd like to roll in as we wrap up the things here on a really positive. It's the holidays right now for it, us. We're yeah. coming, into, coming into Christmas and New Year's very soon as we record this. And I'm feeling a little festive. You're talking to a guy whose birthday, mine, is December 30th. Hello, December 30th. Remember that. Happy birthday. So that'll be coming in a few weeks. But there's another big milestone birthday that we're celebrating these days. Yeah. Our friends in Riviera Maya, Cancun, Mexico, and as they continue to grow and develop in other destinations, our friends at Lomas Travel are celebrating their 40th anniversary. And for those of you that listen to the two times, you've heard us talk about Lomas before. Um and really the best description I can get is a quality family company that, you know, I don't want to, it's just more than airport transfers. It's more than excursions. It's more, there's so much more than um, being a land-based destination management company or a DMC. Um, if you've ever been to Cancun, you guys will know who I'm talking about. White pants, teal blue shirt, white tie. They are the best in the business. We want to give a big shout out to Lomas right. and wish him a happy 40th birthday. Yes, absolutely. And you know, and it's and it's it maybe sounds like a like we're doing a, a like a shameless plug, but we're not um, because it's our relationship with them, um, um, with the owners of the company. Um, uh, Senior um, uh, Dolores, um, Senor Dolores, and uh, Senior Joe Martinez, as personal, right? They are someone that I have known for over twenty years. Um, they are the hardest working, salt of the earth people that you'll you'll ever want to meet, and uh, we we love them as 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 friends and almost like family. So we want to uh, just have a shout out to Lomas Travel and the, the folks down there in Riviera Maya and all the team that they have. You know, all the all the people that meet you at the airport, all the drivers, you know, everybody associated with Lomas Travel has been really our, our friends and colleagues for a long, long time. And we just want to say congratulations to them. Yes. Wishing them all the best. 
the same as we're wishing um, all of our listeners the best, yes. man. I mean, we're getting a little, I think this is really the crunch time for the holiday, Christmas, New Year's things kind of starts now. It's Thursday here. We're recording it. And by the time this comes out, it may be Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever it's coming. But um, truly, we, you know, the two Toms want to wish all our listeners a wonderful, a happy, a safe holiday season and wishing you all the best and all the greatest things for 2022, Tom. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, same, yeah, same from my side, too. And, you know, we're, you know, one of the things that we really focus on, I know Tom believes this, too, is we really f- try to focus on gratitude. Uh, we try to you know, kind of live our lives that way. So we want to say thank you um, to um, all of our listeners, everyone who's taken time out of their day to tune in to listen to us, you know, all of our guests that have been on over the past year and everything that they've brought, um, you know, to the team here at Podcast Town and and Elsie and Susie, who are, are, who are producers, um, you know, kind of getting us out there into the onto the airwaves um, and just end the year on a really, really positive note, because I, I think that's, that's how I view the world. Um, you know, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably overly optimistic and of, and a, my glass is three quarters full. Not a boy. <laughs> Usually. So, um, but uh, with that, um, we'd like to wrap up um, our, our third part of the Island Vibe sponsored by Charisma Resorts. It was great to be with you, Mr. Carr. Back in the studio together. I yeah. loved it. We've yeah. been on the road a lot, but uh, one of these days we're going to do another on-the-road recording, so yes. that's always fun. But Absolutely. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Two Times Talk and Travel. We have, uh, we'll update with some photos, some funny stories, some funny things, and... From my standpoint, everybody, I'm Tom Carnes from La Machia Travel. And I'm Tom Brousseau, Sensational Beach Vacations. Have Be a great good, one. everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>